Welcome to Calvary Revival Church Podcast, where we exist to know God, live generously, discover purpose, and make a difference. Wherever you are listening from, our desire is for this practical teaching to make a difference in your personal life and in the lives of the people and community around you. And now, let's prepare ourselves for an uplifting experience. Good morning, everybody. Come on, can we give Jesus a great applause in the building? Amen. 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 Now, I'm going to try to read my scripture. I don't have a lot of time, y'all, so y'all going to have to hear fast. John 15, Galatians 5. We've been talking about it. I want us to read about it. John 15 and 1 says, I am the true grapevine. My father, he's the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned. Look at your neighbor and say, you've already been pruned. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. Just look at somebody and say, stay. A branch can't produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, finish it for me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. We're not going to get into that because we ain't going to be those branches. Say amen. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Now go to Galatians 5 and uh, verse 19. How many know we can talk about fruit, but you need to know what fruit is? So we're going to read first the fruit that flows from human nature. If you just wild out and be be, uh, crazy, buck wild you, here's the fruit that comes. You ready? When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility. Look at your neighbor and say, stop looking at me. Quarreling, jealousy. Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension. Have I got to you yet? Here you come. Division. Did I get you yet? Envy. Here you come. Drunkenness. Did I get you yet? Here you are right here. Wild parties. Oh, somebody groaned. Oh, thank you. And then he said, okay, for all of y'all that's so cute that you ain't never done any of this, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Father, thank you for the reading of the truth. 
And thank you, Lord, for releasing the power that's in the truth into our lives. In these next few moments that we have together, speak to us and change us forever. If you'll do that, we'll give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Look at your neighbor and say, stay. Look at your other neighbor and say, don't go nowhere, stay. Why would we have a conversation about staying? Well, for the same reason we have to hear a message about remember when. Because you can be in love and fall out of love. Don't look at your neighbor. Look at me. Stay out of trouble. You can, you can be feeling it one moment and not be feeling it a week later. And so there has to be a reminder that you remember what you felt before so that you do what you need to do to go back to that place where you once were. How many of you know that consecration ends, serve, and we leave? Service ends, and we leave. Fasting ends, and we leave. The shout ends, and we leave. Good feelings end, and we leave. Uh, uh, the money stops flowing, and we leave. And then God has to then pull us back into the place where we belong. Why would we need a message on uh, how we need to temper our tongue and deal with our anger and enjoy the fruit? Because we know how life is. We can be in there. I mean, in there like swimwear. I mean, in there. And then be all up in there tight and then lose our place and wonder what in the world happened to me. Are you hearing me? And so God gives us the fruit of the Spirit for an assessment tool so that we can look at ourselves and check ourselves. Amen? Because the Bible says if you, uh, uh, if you judge yourself, if you'll assess yourself, you won't have to be judged. First Martin 1 and 1, I think, said you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. And so, in other words, if I look at me, here's the tools. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so, the, the, every gift, or every fruit, then helps you to look at an area of your life. I'll go to the last three first. What are the last three? Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the way you assess how you're living this Christian life in front of all the people out here in the world. Because if you're, if you're living it right, they see you. They don't know you personally, but they can see that you're consistent coming to work. They can see that you're faithful in what you do. They can see that you're a gentle person. They can see that you don't pop off because everybody out at work when they make you mad. There's some self-control that you have. Y'all hear me? Oh, y'all don't get quiet on this part. Oh, my God, y'all in trouble when we go to the next level. So at this level, it's how I, it, the fruit then becomes an assessment tool. And when I am not operating in self-control in public, when I'm not operating in faithfulness in trouble in public, when I'm not operating in gentleness in public, then this helps us to say, I need to check myself because I'm, I'm not doing what I need to do. Now, the truth is, you could be doing it all right in public, but then these next three and we started with the last ones. We're going backwards. These next three then talk about how you living with the people that you in the house with. Because the people at work are like, he's so nice. He's so faithful. He's so gentle. He's got so much self-control. And your family are like, who in the heaven are they talking about? So then you have to at home judge yourself based upon patience, 
kindness. Goodness. I need the honest people to talk to me. Can your family work your last nerve? Can they pluck the nerve you didn't even know you had? So I don't care. Y'all can put the camera on Pastor Janine. She can, she's rolling her eyes too just like the rest of y'all because she got a husband that can pluck your very last nerve. So I ain't tripping. Applies to me too. So at home, so if everybody in the world says, boy got self-control, boy is, uh, he's gentle, and the boy is faithful, and then, I, he, then I can't have her say, yeah, but just to see where he pop off on me at home. Oh, my God, he ain't got no patience with me. I mean, one mistake, and he going off on people. He ain't kind at all. He don't say, please, or thank you. Are you with me? So when I, when I, I look at those three fruit, and it helps me to assess my home life. Are you with me? I'm going to preach a message about stay, but I'm going to give you assessment tools because here's the problem. Most of us get a message, a word from God, then we have no way to assess whether we're actually living it or not. And we're talking about, well, I feel better. Feeling better don't get you nothing. Anybody here ever felt like a million dollars? How did you spend that? Because feeling don't change nothing. So I feel like I'm really walking with Jesus. I don't care what you feel. You could be totally tripping and feel that. But the fruit of the Spirit has been given. If you abide in the vine, you produce fruit that can actually be assessed. Are you hearing me? And then now, now the people in the world say, the boy doing good. He is faithful. Oh, my God. He is he gentle. And, oh, he got self-control. And then the wife said, yes, and he's pretty good at home, too. Most of the time, he's patient. And he's pretty kind. And, uh, yeah, he's he, 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 he good to me. Boy, good to me now. Boy, good to me. But then the Lord could say, but I need to talk to you about love, joy, and peace. Because even though to them you're doing okay, but there's some stuff just between me and you that we need to work out. Boy, you better preach that. The Lord says, see, you're not walking into peace. They think you're good, but you got some frustration and some issues deep down on the inside of me and you know about it. And so that fruit of the Spirit, that love and joy and peace is in an assessment tool for where you are with God. Way that if you need all three assessment tools. You need the one with the Lord, you need the one with the people in that house, and you need the one with them folk at work. Them folk at work will make you act like not a Christian. Tap your neighbor and say, the key to it is you got to stay. And so I want to give you three, four reasons for staying. Write them down, and we'll move through these. Number one, I'm going to stay because distance is destructive. Now, I just need somebody to help me out because, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in here. they Peter Pan's cousin. You know, they from Never Never Land. They ain't never did nothing. They ain't never sinned. They ain't never messed up. They ain't never had asked for forgiveness. But who in the building has ever messed up really bad? I need you to make some noise if you've ever messed up really bad. All right, good. Because if you've ever messed up really bad, then you already know that distance is destructive. And when you get out there distance from God, talk to me, you start doing stuff that destroys your life. Now, come on, transparency, total transparency. How many of y'all back in the day in the world in your sin, just two days ago, <laughs> it was fun? My brother would say, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. But how many of y'all had some fun 
that if you had to do it over again, you skipped that fun because that while it was fun for the flesh, it was destructive to your life. Talk back with me. And so what you have to do is say, you know what, God? I don't want to be away from you. I don't want to travel far from you because I've already discovered how many grown people are in the room who already know that distance from God is a destructive place to live. And I do not want to be in a place that is destructive for my life. And so what I learned to do is I said, I'm going to stay. Tap your neighbor and say, you need to stay. I'm going to stay because I already know what happens when I wild out. I already know what happens when I get buck wild. I already know what happens when I trip. I get in a place that is destructive for me. It brings discouragement. It brings depression. It brings addiction. It brings insecurity. It brings all kind of stuff that I ain't trying to go back to. I just need the folk in the room that's desiring to stay with God because you do not want destructive behavior. You don't want to be in abusive relationships. You don't want to be in situations where you're feeling all outside yourself and all discompopulated. You're tired of walking without the peace of God in your life, and you know certain decisions you make that put you in that place where the peace of God seems to leave you. And you've already decided, God, you bless me. I ain't going nowhere. I'm trying to find the I ain't going nowhere folk in the building. Some of y'all still, the jury's still out, ain't it? You still think, I don't know, I might go. No, don't go because it's destructive. Now, but you cannot just stay with God because you want to avoid destructive. Can't do it for that reason. Now, it's a good reason to start with, but you're going to need more than that. Oh, y'all going to make me do that. So I've met some couples who said, you know, Bishop, we just stand together called a cheering. <laughs> That's Lawrenceville, Georgia for children. The cheering keep us together. We're here for the cheering. The only reason we stay married got each year. And what they expected me to say was, oh, well, y'all need to go on and split up because that ain't a good reason. And I said the opposite. I said, oh, kids are very valuable. And that's a powerful thing. That's a blessing that you stayed for the children. Because if it takes the children to keep you together until you get your sanity back, and then we'll work on some other reason so that your only reason for being together ain't because of the children. Talk back to me, somebody. You, you see, here's what I'm trying to say, and I want to make this as real as I can. Human beings need a reason to stay. All the married people in here already got reasons. I'm too old to find somebody else. It's tough out there in that single world right now. It's cheaper. And then there's these children. And then there's this house. And I can't pay for it by myself. <laughs> Y'all laugh, but it's true. See, 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 if I don't give you biblical reasons to stay, the devil will make you drift. So you got to have some biblical reasons to stay real close to God. And I need somebody in the building that's bold enough to say, you know what? Just so I don't end up messing up my life, I am staying close to God. I am not moving back into a destructive place. However, that's not my only reason for staying because I'm going to stay because I want to be fruitful. Anybody want to be fruitful in the building? I, I want to produce some fruit in my life that brings honor and glory to God because his fruit is is enjoyable and fulfilling. 
Are you hearing me? We've already been pruned by these messages that's got us ready to produce fruit. I need to ask y'all, how does it feel to produce fruit? How does it feel to have some love in your life, some joy in your life, some peace? Anybody liking this? Anybody liking the fact that even when you're impatient, you see it and say, let me get back on track and get patient. Anybody act mean, but you, at least you see it now when you act mean and say, I don't like being mean. I'm going to straighten this out and ask God to fix this in my life. Here's what's happening for you. You are starting to enjoy the fruit of God. And if you want to keep bearing fruit, you've got to abide in the vine because then everything that's in the vine flows out of the vine into the branches and you begin to do what God has called you to do and become fruitful. Are you hearing me? You you see, you got to stay in the vine because you want to be fruitful. First reason, distance is destructive. Second reason, I want to be fruitful. Third reason, I'm staying because he promised to answer my prayer. Oh, I know it's only seven of us that feel like that, but I want y'all to know I'm in it to win it. I ain't in it to be religious. I ain't in it to be in church. If church was boring, dead, and cold, and the playoffs was this early, I'd need y'all to know I would not be here. I'd be somewhere watching the football game. I am not coming to church to be religious. I ain't coming to church to not learn anything. I ain't coming to church and leave the same way I came in. I am serving God because I expect God to answer me when I pray. I expect God to move heaven and earth for me. I expect all heaven to stand at attention when I say the name of Jesus. I expect the angels to start running and Jesus to stand up by his throne when I call upon his name. That's why I'm staying with it because I ain't found nobody that can answer my prayer like he answers my prayer. I ain't found nobody that could make a way out of no way. I ain't found nobody that could show up when I need it. I ain't found nobody that's phone is on 24 hours a day. I ain't found nobody got reached resources like he got resources. I ain't going with y'all. I'm staying in the vine. Anybody staying in the vine because you expect God to answer your prayer. You've ran the street long enough and you've run around long enough. You've depended on other folk long enough and you recognize that people cannot be your God and the government can't be your God and the city can't be your God. God's got to be your God. And he promised you that if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll heal your land. I'll do something for you. Guess what, y'all? I ain't leaving here. I'm stand because I get my prayers answered when I stay. He said, if you abide in me, watch this, y'all. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you ask what you will and it'll be done. Tap somebody say, I'm staying. Do this like you used to do when you was at the party. If you need to go home, go ahead. I'm going to tell you, I know you're late. I know your mama probably done called you, but you go, you go ahead. If the, tap your name and say, if it's past your curfew, you, you go on home. But I need you to understand this. I'm staying. 
because I got some stuff before God that if God don't come through for me, it ain't going to happen. I got some stuff I've been waiting on for a minute. If I don't stay with God, it might not ever come to pass. I got some stuff in my life that if God doesn't fix me, I cannot be fixed by man's doing. I need God like I've never needed him before. And so when the consecration is over, you can go right on back to watching movies and TV 24 hours a day. You can go right back to your video game. You can go back to eating like you crazy. But I want to tell you about me. When the consecration is over, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stay right here with you. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to stay in the word. Why? Because I'm expecting you to answer my prayer. I need 10 people in the building that's waiting on God to do something that will say, God, I'm staying here until I see you do what you promised me you were going to do. I ain't moving. I ain't shifting. I ain't getting out of sync. I'm not moving away from God. I'm going to stay right. Y'all do what you want to do, but I'm staying right here with God. I ain't moving because I have an expectation. God's going to work it out for me. Come on, just wave your hand and say, God's going to work it out for me. Sure he is. So I'm staying. Glory to God. I'm staying because being distant is destructive. I'm staying <laughs> because I want to be fruitful. I'm staying because I won't get my prayers answered. But can you believe I got a better reason for staying? I mean, let, me, let, me, let me read this to you from James. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Don't y'all tell nobody. I'm staying because I like being around my father. Because when I get around daddy, I ain't the bishop now. Oh, I like praising him with y'all too. I like clapping and shouting and praying, walking up and down these floors. I like doing that with y'all, but I like it better at home. I like it better when I'm by myself in the car. I like it better on the plane when it's just me and Jesus and the person beside me got their earphones in so that means I don't have to witness to them right now. So they sleep so I can go ahead and worship Jesus right now. I like that because when I walk into that place, I'm insecure. But when I hang around daddy for a while, he starts to heal some of my insecurities. I, I come in flawed and he covers my flaws with his blood and, and say, you know what? You don't have to be the bishop right now. You can just be my boy. You can just be my son. Right? Is anybody in the building just like being around daddy? Just feel like I feel better when I'm with my daddy. I feel better when I'm around the father. I, I feel more accepted when I'm around. Uh, there's something in me that gains strength when I'm around the Father. You see, if you've been weak, you need to draw close because if you come now to Him, come now to you. The kids were, when the children were small, Pastor Lydia would have, sometimes would have bad dreams. And uh, no matter how hard I was sleeping, she'd wake her brother up. Pastor Gina already put in her time, Jack. She done nursed all five kids. She done done everything, changed all them diapers and stuff. In the middle of the night, bruh, 
it's your turn now. <laughs> so I told Lydia to say, Daddy, I'm having dreams. Can you, can you come in here and pray for me? So I come in and pray for her. And, uh, and I see in her eyes, she, when I finish praying, she want me to go. So I said, okay, I'll stay. So my plan, Brother Jamont, was I'm going to stay in here with Lydia. I would get down on the floor, share a little bed right there, and I would, there was some room between the bed and the door. I'd get on the floor like I was going to sleep. Because you know what I was waiting for? I was waiting on her to go to sleep. And then, when she fall asleep, <laughs> Daddy, would you stay? I'd make my bed right back there on the floor. You know why? Because when my child said stay, something in the father genes in me said you can't go nowhere. You got to stay right here. I'm trying to figure out what happens in the heart of the heavenly father when he hears his daughter say, Daddy, would you stay? I know I messed up, but would you stay? When he hears his son say, Daddy, I know I'm wrong, but would you stay with me? See, he had no, I had no intention of leaving her alone, but I was going to leave the room. But she asked me to stay, and when she drew near to me, it made me draw nigh to her. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. I said when she drew near by her request, it caused me to draw near to to her and so as a result as she grew up then then uh, then, then things changed and, and and so she she went off to college and I found myself he, he, she used to be saying daddy stay and turned around and daddy was saying Lydia don't 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 go she 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 grew up and fell in love with an amazing man married a husband so good to her that he couldn't be no better if I'd have picked him myself but I still wept because something in daddy was saying, Lydia, stay. Would you stay with me? I wonder if there's anybody in the building that needs to hear the voice of your daddy saying, stay with me. Stay with me. I, I, I know you've been distracted by the world sometimes, but if you, the money problems pull you away from me. But if you stay with me together, we'll fix that. I, I know the injustices of the world have pulled you away from me, but if you'll stay with me, me and you can address the injustice in the world. I know that the marriage issues have pulled you away from me, but if you'll stay with me together, we can handle this business. If you'll stay with me, I know that some of your sins seem to distract you and pull you away from me, but if you'll stay with me, if you'll just stay with me, then I want you to know I'll do something in you that'll change you for the rest of your life, and I'll fix all the stuff that needs to be fixed. In, in, your, in your life, what, what I would discover about my daughter, I've discovered about my relationship with God. Even though her situation changed, and she went from being a, a baby to being a grown woman with kids and a husband but she never left me growing up didn't mean she left me she stayed with me and and listen I couldn't make this stuff up just between services her oldest son sent me a text it said Papa when can we hang out so it's generational when you and your generation 
decide to stay with your father and decide to stay close to your daddy and make room for your father in your life, then your kids and your grandkids will be somewhere saying, Father, would you stay with me? Father, can I get close to you? Father, can I live my life for you? Father, can I follow you all the days of my life? You ain't making decisions just for you and your generation. You are making decisions for the generations yet to come. I want to ask you a simple question. Will you stay? If you're willing to stay, lift your hands. Come on, come on, worship him.
the adjustments I need to make with my time, my schedule, because I'm going to stay. Come on, just begin to lift those hands and wave them if you're going to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay because I don't like the distance, how destructive it is. I'm going to stay because I want to be fruitful. I'm going to stay because I want my prayers answered. I'm going to stay because I just like being near my father. I just like being near my daddy. I'm staying. Father, thank you for those who are making decisions. Some people have been saved for quite a while, but they've had to make a decision today, this year, in spite of distractions. I'm staying. Some haven't been following you for very long. So it's all like a puzzle that they're trying to put together, but they've made a decision. Okay. Whatever that means to stay, I'm going to stay. If it means keep coming to church, I'm going to keep coming to church. If it means keep reading the Bible, I'm going to keep reading the Bible. If it means keep praying, I'm going to keep praying. If it means keep allowing God to change some stuff in my life, I'm going to let him keep changing stuff in my life. Whatever stay means for where you are at this moment in your journey with Jesus, I just want you to decide I ain't going nowhere. I'm not moving away from him. I'm not going, and I'm certainly not going back to where I was. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And you all been so patient. We'll, we're almost done. If you're in the building, you say, you know what, Bishop Knox word, enjoyed it, but I'm not right with God. I'm not a Christian. I'm not serving Jesus, but I'd like to serve him. Pastor, would you pray for me? Just throw your hand up and say, pray for me, Bishop. Pray for me. I want to serve God. I want to serve God. Okay. If you're in here and you say, Pastor, you know what? I was in there. I mean, I was walking with God. I was going to church the whole nine, but I don't know. I got away from God, but I don't like it away from God. When you talked about distance, I thought of myself. I want to fix that today. Throw your hand up and say, pray for me, bro. Pray for me, pastor, because I want to fix that. I want to get back in there with God. One last thing. You say, you know what, pastor? I, I love Jesus, but I ain't never came out publicly. I ain't never got baptized. A bunch of folk don't even know that I've accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. But I'm tired of serving Jesus on the low. I, I'm, I'm ready to go all in and go public with my faith. Pastor, would you pray for me that I have the courage to go public? Throw your hand up. Wherever you are, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. So here's, I'm going, and I will keep my word, I'm going to pray for you. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray with me first before I pray for you. Come on, pray this prayer, and everybody else will pray it with you. Pray like this, say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I thank you for dying for me on a cross. And I believe that you got up from the dead, and you did it for me. So right now, I confess my sins. I ask for forgiveness. And I ask you to take over my life for the rest of my life. Thank you for loving me and for saving me. I receive salvation, forgiveness, deliverance in Jesus' name. Amen. Father. I want to pray for them as I promised. Those, Lord, who prayed this prayer with me, whether they wanted courage to go public with their faith and be baptized or whether they wanted to come back to you after being distant from you or if they'd never really given their heart to the Lord before, I pray for them right now.
And I pray, Lord, that their faith will arise. They will know that when they prayed just now that you heard them and you gave them exactly what they needed. If they needed courage, they got that. If they needed love and mercy to come home, they got that. If they need a brand new life, you've given them that. And so now, Lord, reassure them of that in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for today. But not just for today, Lord, thank you that this whole month has brought us to this day. A day where we make one decision to stay. We're going to fight against the drift. We're going to fight against the distraction. We're going to fight against the distance because we know that drifting and distractions and distance are all destructive to our lives. We're going to stay. Thank you, Lord, for the call to stay. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you, and we have some tools to help you on your journey. Just text Jesus to 48074. To find out more about Calvary Revival Church, text GUEST to 48074. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make a difference.